Hi, this is Esteban Quinones. I'm here with my man, Mr. A, on the set 6145. Brooklyn, home to many amazing personalities, artists of all types, musicians, rappers, and the like. But today, we're bringing you real people telling real stories. Full-time engineer, full-time hustler, and now artist, Esteban Quinones, a lifelong Brooklynite who is pursuing his passion in business and art fueled by his love of hip-hop. The culture has inspired many using different vehicles to attain their goals. Some take it to the street, some take to education, and some just love the music and are inspired by their favorite artists climb to the top. Their stories are our stories in a lot of ways. We come from nothing, but we make something, no matter what the cost. The culture has birthed many amazing artists, but when asked, Esteban responds emphatically who he draws his inspiration from. When it comes to music inspiration, I'm gonna have to say Hove. I think his music speaks directly to the entrepreneur. I think he speaks directly to having confidence in yourself and in your creativity. And if you stay true to that, you'll break through, you'll persevere. Today, we venture into the heart of downtown Brooklyn to this location on the top floor where Esteban executes his art. Today, we're sitting with none other than entrepreneur and artist, Mr. Esteban Quinones, also known as East Coast Official. How you doing, Mr. Quinones? Pretty good, thank you very much for having me. Oh, of course. So. I've been following you for quite some time and watching your work, and I'm trying to understand, how does somebody who's an entrepreneur also start pursuing artistry? Where does that come from? Um, I guess it was, I would say my dad. My dad was an artist. He wasn't a, uh, an artist that displayed himself, but around the house, I always would see him working on things. He was a painter, a sculptor. Um, he was just a very cultured man, and he introduced me to a lot of different, he exposed me to a lot of different um, uh, different arts, photography, music, and it just became a part of me. And, um, you know, as you go along and you're doing your business, and you're in the grind of a business, sometimes you need something to take your mind away from just making money. So I just would, um, I would one day I was just watching YouTube, and I was watching a, a wood turning video. Somebody was making a, a vase and they were using epoxy resin in this wood. And I just loved it, I thought it was beautiful. So I started to watch more of it. I kept going, you know, I kept you know, watching, I kept watching different videos until I came across uh, this website called Blacktail Studios. And they, they create these beautiful uh, resin tables, beautiful epoxy resin tables some without resin and the way he does his videos is very like it's like a tutorial so i started to pay attention and as i looked at it and i was watching it i realized that i could probably do one and then i went off and i and i went on and i figured out how to make one and i started to make them now being an entrepreneur and now exploring your artistry do you sometimes feel like you want to you want to commit most of your time to doing one instead of the other, or is the pursuit of, of of money seriously a passion that sort of pays the bills to make way for you to do art? Well, you need money. 
You need yes, money. You, you need money to to do anything. Okay. Um, and what money does for you is it gives you freedom. So that's what I you know I I, I want to be free. I want to be free to do whatever I want to do. Right. So um, it's a balance. For me, it's a balance. I've gotten I've made it to a point where it's a balance where I could make my money and also pursue my passions. Um, I like to I like to vacation a lot. I like to go to different countries and be exposed to different cultures. And when you do that, it kind of, it's like recharging your battery. It's like a reset. Right. So I, I don't think enough people do that. I think people are too concentrated on getting the money. Well, what are you gonna do with the money? Is it just to pay your rent? Is it just to, to feed your family? You gotta be able to use your money to explore different things and give you the comfort to Smell the roses, I guess you could say. I hear that. Um, so there's a lot of times where I would go on vacation, turn my phone off, sit by the beach, and you just think about things. And sometimes uh, your mind will go to something creative, or sometimes it'll go to something, uh, a new business idea. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age, you can do whatever you want to do. As long as you have the, I mean, there's, there's, there's a procedure, there's, there's a process and procedure to everything. But if you have a, 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 an idea, you just have to pursue it. You have to figure out how to do it. There's steps. And I do that a lot when I go on vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, when I go on vacation, I'll go, I'll go, by, I'll go to Columbia, I'll go by the mountainside, and take a look at the, at the beautiful land and come up with things. Things come to you. You know, it's like, uh, like God. God comes right down to you and gives you an idea. He says, here. Moments and, of clarity. Absolutely, moments of clarity. Okay. And I think people should pursue moments of clarity. Mm. That's what you have to do. So you can, you can come up with a creative idea or a business idea, but you need a moment to, to figure it out. Do you think people today, especially nowadays in the age of information and the availability to, you know, have the ability to, to even sell products from overseas, like there's a lot of access given to people nowadays due to the internet age. Do you think people fall behind or are not successful because their work ethic isn't in order? I think people are, if they don't get immediate results, that's the thing about this internet age. It mm -hmm. shows you the result. Right. Doesn't, doesn't show you, the show work. you it doesn't show you the work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that result might be fake. Yes. You know what I mean? So achieving anything is hard work. No matter what it is, anybody who's an expert at anything, it took them years to get there. You know, and, I, and that's the part that I understand, that mm -hmm. I feel like, all right, I'm doing something, I'm pursuing something, and if I don't get immediate results, I don't give up. You know, I just keep, I keep going. Sometimes you have to dig deep into your mind, into your body, into your soul to figure out, all right, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And it's, sometimes, it takes, it, sometimes it takes 10 years. It might, it might take 20 years. Yes, sir. Um, but if you keep at it and you, and you put real effort into it each time, even if, no one's, even if nobody's looking, you got to do it. And that's, um, that's the part that's missing in the internet age. And a lot of the internet age, it's like, it's so much information. Right. People are bombarded with things. Right. And you can have two opposing opinions on the same thing. So uh, it, you need focus, you need focus, you need discipline. 
And you have to be able to figure out, all right, I want to do this. How am I going to do it? And then take those steps and be willing to take those steps for years and years and years and years and years until you get your, you get the result that you want. You know, uh, a success is not, is not necessarily a bunch of money all the time. That's right. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily a bunch of money all the time. Sometimes success could be just somebody that you respect acknowledges your work and you're like, all right, I'm cool with that. You know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's not like, it's like not an end, it's a journey. Um, and it's about quality of life. Mm -hmm. So success should be quality of life, and you should, and your 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 business or your or your art or your creativity should should be that. You should be have fun doing something. Right. You should have fun doing it, even though it takes hard work. But you like it, so you do it. Listening to a lot of the things that you said, it brings me to a place um, to want to ask you this question. Um, what do you want to tell people that want to attain that quality of life about failure and the lessons in failure? Oh, man. Well, failure is going to show you that what not to do. I failed a million times. There was, I, I, I was living, uh, I, had a, I had a good job. Um, I had a good job and I actually had to, I was actually, I, I left this job and I was trying to pursue another career. I, was, I made a career shift when I was 45 years old. Mm. Um, and it took me a lot longer than I thought it would be. You know, I thought I would, I thought I would, uh, you know, I had it in my mind, all right, I'm gonna do this, and, it and these are the steps, so I'm gonna just knock it out the park. But it took longer. And um, I, I, I was trying to become an engineer, right? Mm -hmm. So I went from security management, I was a head of security for a lot of different event spaces, uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom, the Brooklyn Academy of Music, um, and I was making pretty good money doing that. So I, you know, I moved into, uh, I got a position at uh, CUNY, which is the Brute College in Midtown. And so I was doing that, you know, and I had done, I had been doing it for 20 years. Um, but I wanted to make a change. So I said, all right, I'm gonna become an engineer. And I had, uh, so I tried to, you know, so, I, so there's a, a licensing process and, um, there's like a written and a practical test and I failed the, the written test like twice. And that was, a, and I didn't have a job. My money was running out. Um, you, so I had to dig deep into my mind and say, all right, I failed that, I failed it, but I'm gonna pass it. You know, I'm gonna pass this test and I'm gonna get what I want. And it's a small goal. It's my own personal goal. Right. I wanted to make a change. So that failure showed me, okay, I got to do something. I got to do it differently. Your approach has to your, be different? Your, your approach has to be different. Right. Um, sometimes you have to either, you either have to change your aim or you have to change your target. That's, that's the lesson that you learn in failure, mm. that you have to either change your aim or change your target. And I, I just kept going. You know, I didn't, I didn't let the failure get to me because sometimes people get, they, they fail and they let it get to them and they don't try again, mm -hmm. you know? And they, they, they'll take the easy way out. And that easy way out might seem comfortable in the beginning, but years down the line, you're gonna be like, damn, I should've, <laughs> I should've kept going. If I would've kept going, what would've, ha what would've ha happened, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes like you'll do something 
All right, so I started to do these, I started to create these tables. Um, and that's my area right now at this point in time. Right. Um, I might make 30 tables before somebody likes one, you know? And then that one, and then somebody might, hey, I like the first table you did. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might be, you know, it might be something like that. That's just like my own personal path. Right. You know, and that's my, you know, my, you know, and that's another thing. You have to choose your own path and how you're going to go about doing something. You can't, you can't try to emulate somebody else's path. Right. They're not you. You're not them. You know, you might have a quality that they don't have. Mm -hmm. Vice versa. So you have to pursue uh, your own path in life and figure out it, figure it out for yourself. Now, you know, I, I've spoken about being an entrepreneur. I think the, the people that are watching this understand uh, what you do for a career. Um, one of the passions that you're pursuing in art and designing epoxy and or resin tables. Let's talk about being an entrepreneur. Uh, why don't you tell everybody about your business, how it came to be and where you want it to go ultimately. Entrepreneurs are special people. Um, it's a 97% chance that you're gonna fail. There's a 3% chance that you might make it. Entrepreneurs live in that 3%. We live in that, in that small, in that small chance that it might work. It's a, and it's a something that I think it's a spirit. It's something I've always been this way. When you speak to entrepreneurs, they've always been entrepreneurs. They just, it's just a now it's just a label they put it on. But it's like a hustle that you want to pursue something. You want to work for yourself. And working for yourself, and a lot of people get this part messed up too. When you work for yourself, when you work for someone, you work for someone for 40 hours a week and then you go home. When you're an entrepreneur, you are working 24-7. Um, in my particular business, I do uh, vacation rentals. And, and I do them in different countries. I do it in the Dominican Republic. I do it in Medellin, Colombia. I do it in Mexico, uh, Cabo San Lucas. I'm gonna be uh, entering the Brazil market soon. And what's happening is you have people that are on vacation and they have issues at two o'clock in the morning and they're gonna call you <laughs> for, for some of the stupidest things that you can't possibly handle at two o'clock in the morning, but you have to get up and you have to speak to them and and address their problem. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's when you're an entrepreneur, you're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you're and you're utilizing many different um, disciplines. You're you're doing your your actual business, but then there's accounting, there's taxes, there's you know if you have employees, there there's different disciplines that you all that you have to do all at the same time, and they're all important. Um, so. Yeah, entrepreneurs are special people. How I do it is like I, I happen to get lucky. Um, you know, I don't know if it's luck because I already had a, a, a background like in, in hotels. I worked at a hotel years ago. I used to work at the Renaissance New York Hotel and at the Algonquin Hotel. So, and growing up, my grandfather worked at the Waldorf and my dad worked at uh, the Waldorf also when he was going through college. and. What I learned from them was like guest service. Like when people come to our house, they, they were treated nicely, you know? Right. And, and you kinda, it kinda becomes part of your personality. Like you're, that you become, you know, you're nice to people, you, you know, come on in, how you doing? 
things like that. Seeing that, that characteristic come from these two men in your life who are important, you start to emulate it. Right. It's part of who you are. Right. It becomes part of your personality. You know what I mean? You're like you're there. You're not. You're there for some. You know, for other people. You're, you're trying to help them. Right. So I already had that sort of background, that guest service background. Mm -hmm. So it translated easy to when um, I actually was staying at a villa in Dominican Republic, and the owner of that villa was uh, he was a Belgian guy, and all of his clients were from Europe. And he said, you know, I need um, I need American clients. He said, you think you can help me? And I said, sure, I'll try. And I, and I, and I knew I could do it. Mm -hmm. I said, sure, I'll try, but I knew I could do it. So we started. We started with the one villa. I helped him out. We got his, his occupancy from 30% to 80% oh, wow. in two months. He introduced me to his other friends. They introduced me to the other friends. And I went from one villa. Now I managed 30 all in the north coast, uh, Sasua area, Cabarete, Puerto Plata. And then um, very early in that process, um, I went to uh, Medellin, Colombia, and I met a gentleman who was, uh, who was uh, he's an American living in, in Colombia, and he had several properties. And I asked him for, for advice, and he, he was, I should have paid him for this advice, but he was nice <laughs> enough he was nice enough to say, listen, this is how you do it. So he showed me how the steps were. This is very early on before like Airbnb became the monster that it is now. Um, so I started to, I, util, I utilized his advice. That's a lot of times, you know, a lot of times people don't do that either. Negative. They'll get advice from someone and don't even use it. Right. So I utilized his advice. I applied it to, uh, to my business in Dominican Republic. And, and like I said, we went from one to 30. Um, then when I went back, I showed appreciation by taking that man out to dinner just to say thank you. Mm. And when I, when I did that, I said, you know, everything that you told me, it worked. You know, and I want to say thank you. We went out for a couple of drinks. He said, well, why don't you start renting my properties? That's how I entered the, uh, the Columbia market. Um, and now we have 60, 70 apartments in Colombia, 30 villas in, in DR. Um, I went on vacation. So then once you have that, now you're, now you're, a, uh, now you're a, a, a vacation rentals person. So now I go to a different, I go on vacation. I went to Cabo San Lucas. I met a person there. I said, hey, listen, this is what I do. I do this here in DR. I do this here in Colombia. I want to do the same thing here. Right. Everybody's looking to make extra money, you of know? And other, other entrepreneurs recognize that and other entrepreneurs, and they say, all right, well, we'll give it a try. Um, so I started renting apartments in uh, Cabo San Lucas now. Now I'm going to Brazil. We're gonna see what happens there. Why don't you tell the, the people where they could find these properties? Like if they wanted to get in contact with you, with you to make a reservation, to go to DR and have their own private villa or go to Colombia and have their own villa or house or just a hotel room or whatever, how could they find you? Okay, well, of course I'm online. I'm on, I'm on IG at Real Rentals, uh, Real Real Luxury Rentals, at Real Luxury Rentals on IG, realluxuryrentals.com on, on the internet. You can go there easily and book a room. Um, a lot of my clients, they come from word of mouth. Right. You know, I barely, I barely advertise. I'm gonna start now because I'm, my business is scaling at, at, a, at a rate that I need help sometimes, uh -huh. a lot of times. But um, 
yeah, you can find me on IG, Real, Real Luxury Rentals, and uh, online at realluxuryrentals.com. Do you offer a full suite of services? Like, let's say for instance, I want to take a trip to Columbia. I want to rent the villa. I want to be, I want to ball out. But I want you to take care of my airfare. I want you to, you know, make sure that I have transportation and somebody to sort of help me navigate Columbia when I get out there. Is that something that you handle? All right. Another thing is that because of my security background, I've always been security conscious. So when I go someplace, I vet the businesses that I deal with. So of course, um, I what I don't handle airfare. That's something different. I'm not a, I'm not a travel agent. Right, right, right. Um, I just pr I provide the property. So if somebody wants to come, what I can do is I can provide everything from their arrival to the country to their departure from the country. I can set up your 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 airport transfer, private taxis. I offer private security if needed. It's not really needed, but if you feel that you want it. There's, a, there's a service there. There's a service that we can do it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a, also like my clients are kind of like me, so I like to go out. I like to I like to go to the nightclubs. I like to go to fine restaurants. So I go to these restaurants and I I know where I can suggest. You know, so a lot of these places are like my own personal suggestions. Okay. Um, so people are not going to get lost out there wanting to eat a steak and they go to some rinky D side of the road place. You're going to send them to quality right. culinary spots. Every one of my clients, I treat them as if my family was going out there. Ah. I treat them like if my family is coming to visit me or if my if I send, if I'm sending my my brother or my cousin to Medellin, Colombia, which people think is a scary place, you know, they have this this uh, reputation. This reputation. I can show them how to how to navigate through mm. all of it safely, arrive safely and leave safely, mm. and that's I think that's the key to my success in these countries. Mm. I treat people like family. I treat my customer my customers like they're family visiting. I don't just take their money and say, ah, right, you know, you're on your own. Uh, if you want to do that, you're fine. You, you know, absolutely. But I try to I try to make sure that they're safe. You want to make sure that your clients feel like they're being taken care of front to back, beginning to end. That's why it's that 24-hour business, 24-hour business. So in 2022, you know, we're, we're in the midpoint right now. Um, I, I'm a definite fan of your work. You know, you're working on these theme tables right now for uh, Game of Thrones and just the, the custom work that you've done prior to this. So we're halfway through the year. What can we expect or what do you hope to accomplish by the end of 2022 going into 2023? Well, um, I, like you just mentioned, uh, we've mentioned this off camera. I'm actually doing theme tables now. Um, so I'm doing like a, a Game of Thrones theme of a, of a White Walker table and a dragon table. Um, I want to kind of pursue different types of art. You know, I want to like my, I want my, my tables to be one of one. I, I want them to be even if you have, because everybody, when you think of epoxy resin tables with these wood slabs and things like that, you automatically, your mind goes to like a river table, like a blue river table. And anyone who does these type of tables is gonna do that type of table. Right. I wanna do like works of art. Mm. And I want them to have some sort of theme, mm. you know? So like, uh, started with the Game of Thrones because I just love the show and um, I thought it would be interesting, so I so I so I'm doing them. 
Um, I'm going to pursue more uh, different type of techniques. I'm going to try, I'm, when I go to Brazil, I'm going to this, uh, this Japanese neighborhood in Sao Paulo. It's called Libertadaje. And I'm going to a Japanese joinery workshop. Oh, wow. So um, I want to try to, you know, uh, incorporate. incorporate this Japanese joinery mm -hmm. with epoxy resin with the hip hop kid from Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Like that sort of, you know, your creativity is yours. And I'm from Brooklyn. I grew up in the hip hop era, you know. Um, I have my own style. I have my own my own flavor, my own creativity, and I want to take these different these different um, elements elements and put them together and see what happens. Right. So I'm going to pursue different types of art when it comes to making tables and furniture. Um, of course, I'll, I'll still do like custom work for, for clients if they want something, if a specific, if you want a specific type of table, whether you want just like a, I'm also working with, um, this is something that I'm gonna be pursuing a lot more, which is I'm gonna be importing wood from different countries. I'm working on getting the, the permits and the licensing for uh, some wood coming from Colombia. Um, definitely wanna get some wood coming from Africa. Then they have this wood and, um, it's called Purple Heartwood that they have in, um, in Guyana. Oh, wow. I wanna try to get that here and do pieces with that type of wood, um, those exotic types of woods. Um, I just wanna pursue, you know, I wanna pursue different types of uh, art, you know? I just wanna try to push the, push the envelope each time. Are you looking to jump into any, uh, do you, you know, aside from Brazil, are you expanding your, your travel business to you know, maybe another part of South America or well, Mexico or otherwise? Well, I love, I love Mexico. And there's a lot of different um, cities that I haven't visited yet that I want to go to. I mean, what happens is um, or you go to a place and it becomes super popular, like Tulum right now. It's, yeah, it's oversaturated. And automatically, what happens is it gets commercialized. And anything commercialized is no good anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, so... Um, I want to go to different, so I'm going to Brazil. So I'm going to Sao Paulo. I'm spending uh, two weeks in Sao Paulo, two weeks in Rio, mm -hmm. um, because those are the main areas that everyone knows about. I want to go to, I want to find the city over, the next city over, ah. you know, that hasn't been commercialized yet. Mm. I, think that's, um, I think that's the better move for me. And for my clients, because you'll still get, you know, you're still in the same country. It's still, you, the beaches are still beautiful. Um, but the price is a lot lower, more economical. Um, and you, and it's not, you know, you'll get, you'll run to more locals uh, and you'll, you'll get a better experience, I believe. It won't feel so commercialized. Right. And you, who likes a canned vacation? Like Punta Hell. Cana is nice. <laughs> I'd rather Punta, Oaxaca. Punta Cana yeah. is nice, but it's, it's a canned vacation. You know, they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna tell you that um, you have to stay in the resort because those wild people are out there, you know? Mm. And they scare people into staying in this, in, this, in this resort where they have watered down drinks and bad food and stuff like that. Well, you just go to the town and you're gonna pay a third of the price and you know, it's gonna be delicious food and, and great people. Mm. You know, um, it's not always 100% safe, but that's kind of the fun of it. You know, that's kind of the fun part about it. The exploration of the travel. 